Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is just a reminder that everything on the podcast is intended to be informational, educational, and entertaining. This is no way a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic process. If you find yourself in need of more direct support, please reach out for professional help. Or if you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or call 911. everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today is a celebration episode. I am happy to share that our podcast has been streamed over 5,000 times. And so uh, we wanted to just take a moment and express our gratitude and excitement that literally people are making the choice to listen to what we have to say and what we have to share So I don't take that for granted. And I just wanted to take a few minutes to kind of um, share the journey thus far. So I want to start by saying that, and I have shared this before, that I, this, I, this podcast idea wasn't really mine. I didn't think one day I should do a podcast. To be honest, I don't listen to podcasts. (laughs) So I really didn't have this sense of, you know, kind of their reach or, kind of what they were to a a degree. But what I will say is I had very supportive people around me who not only saw things in me that I may not have seen myself, but truly and genuinely knew the person that I was. And so I had a lot of encouragement to start the podcast. Some were more aggressive than others. And I'm, I'm grateful for them because I moved out and said, hey, let's try it. Uh, We started this podcast, uh, I think our first episode officially in February of 2020, and it is now October, the beginning of October of 2020, and that's really exciting. So thank you to everyone who encouraged me to use my voice. You know, voice is a very, very important thing. Not only is voice important, but everyone's story is important. As a person, as a clinician, as a trainer, I believe that story is one of the most important things to truly help us understand ourselves and other people and and our relationships with one another. And I appreciate uh, the podcast platform for being a place for not only me to share my story, but for me to bring on so many amazing, awesome guests to not only share their labors of love, but the stories that led them there. So I want to take a moment and thank every single guest who has been on the Labors of Love podcast. I want to thank you for uh, bringing yourselves, bringing your stories, bringing your truths and bringing your labor so that people know that you're there and the awesome work that you're comp- com- that you are contributing to this world. I want to thank every single person who's listened to even one episode of the podcast. You know, unlike maybe talk radio or things like that, where people can happen upon a station and say, hey, I guess I'll listen to this. You know, with podcasts, you have to be pretty intentional. You got to search them out. You have to find them. You have to like click on them. So I don't take for granted that over 5,000 times people said, I want to hear 
what's happening on the Labors of Love podcast. And for that, I have tremendous gratitude. Um, I want to say a special thank you to my nephew, Trey Angel. He provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast. He's such a tremendously talented young man. I'm very excited that he was able to extend his labor of love um, to help me. And I'm hoping to have him as a guest on the podcast soon. Special, special shout out to my producer, Jay Sugg of Instant Classic Media, who also happens to be my very first podcast guest and my husband. Uh, He is uh, the most supportive person in my world. And he continues to push me to be um, the even better versions of myself as I grow and heal. And so I want to thank him for that. You know, I, I really think back to numerous times in my life where for one reason or another, I felt voiceless. Um, and I have felt like I didn't, um, not just didn't have the words to say, maybe I had the words, but this pervasive belief that I've had for most of my life that no one wants to hear what I have to say. And what I will say to that is I don't think anyone has ever said those words to me. No one has said, Shonda, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. But there are numerous experiences that I had through life where I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel seen. Uh, People very rarely looked beyond the mask, the mascot mask that I wore, the one that was always smiling, always happy to look a little deeper. And I believe that I internalize that very much as as long as you are helping people and not interfering with people's happiness, then genuinely they don't, you know, really care what's underneath. I understand that is a result of, you know, relational trauma that I've had, but I am so glad that in my healing process, I realized that my voice matters, my story matters, and it's not up to me to determine if people want to hear what I have to say. It's just up to me to say what needs to be said. And so I hope that that was encouraging for someone that we don't always have to figure out the audience. We don't have to know who is going to listen or if anyone is going to care because that just starts to take on this weight. But what I can say is use your voice, say what you have to say, tell your story. It matters. And it has mattered. And by so many people choosing to tune into the podcast every single week, it helps me understand that it matters. And so I am encouraged. We are going to keep going. I still have a list of guests waiting to come onto the show who are equally as amazing as my previous guests. Um, I have things that I am eager to share um, regarding things that are happening and my life and in my business. And so with all of that being said, you all thank you so, so, so much for helping Labors of Love podcast be what it is. Uh, So as a special treat, we are going to share with you uh, some highlight moments from the episodes we've had thus far. Little snippets of moments that we hope will remind you of the greatness that we've produced thus far and encourage you maybe to go back and listen to some of the episodes that you may have missed. Episode five, developmental and relational trauma. All of us who uh, made it through childhood, we made it through childhood and we were given a template. We didn't ask for the template. 
We didn't question the template. We were simply given the template. This is how the world works. Every child thinks that their life is normal until they have something to compare it to. So growing up, there are very few people who think that's not okay. That's not right. Or who even who think anything is this is how people live their lives. That's what we believe as children. And it makes sense if we don't have something to compare it to. So this template gets reinforced throughout our lifespan. And most of us, most people will live out that template until we die, unless we are extremely intentional about exploring the template. It's never my intention to suggest to someone that they need to scrap their template, just get rid of it. I think there are very valuable things that we have learned throughout our lives. What I do encourage people to do is explore the template. The questions we're asking are, is this still useful and beneficial for me now? The survival skills that we learned growing up helped us survive our families of origin and our childhood. When we become adults, we start to engage in other relationships. And sometimes why relationships struggle is because both people are coming in with a predetermined template with survival skills already reinforced and intact. And they are already prepared to play out the role they played in their families of origin. They come together as two people, excuse me, and all of a sudden there's conflict. Why is there conflict? The conflict is because there's conflict in the templates. There's conflict because the roles that they each played in their family of origin don't fit very neatly into the relationship they're establishing. Episode eight, Healing Happens in Relationships with Sarah Buffy. I love that you begin to introduce different, slightly different language. Mm -hmm. So the label of disability, the label of mental health, right? We definitely live in a time in a culture where one aspect of a person can be considered the whole person. Mm -hmm. And we don't think about them as labels and we treat people based on a label Mm -hmm. thinking it's the entirety of that person. So I just appreciate the nuanced language that you bring because it makes people think like they're listening and I label disability. It, it just that short pause. What does that mean? And it makes people think. So, you know, I'm just really glad that you're a part of the work. Mm-hmm. So from a professional school path, that was it. Can you talk to us a little bit about the personal side of that? Mm-hmm. You know, were there things in life experiences you had that mm-hmm. ultimately kind of connected with this personal journey that fuels that passion? Because it's so passionate and it could just be professional, but like there's so much fire in you in the work that you do and the dedication and you know, how much you are putting into this, that there's a part of me that believes there has to be something personal Mm -hmm. underneath that. Yeah. Um, I, I love that question. I think about that often. I come from the work from a place of abundance. And what I mean by that is I, I find a big passion in filling other people up so they can show up for others. Mm -hmm. And I come to the work full which allows me to hold people's stories uh, with grace and empathy and compassion. Um, and not getting burnt out from that. Of course, I've been on my journey where sometimes um, things feel too much, too too heavy to hold. And um, I'm not in this for the business, but I'm running a business, and that to me has been the most traumatic part of this whole process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not actually the stories I'm holding. Um, but so coming so personally, I I just feel really 
um, blessed and privileged to come from a space where I my cup is overflowing and I um, the, the again the labor of love comes from taking that overflow and filling it into other people I've always been a real advocate for folks um, who anyone with a marginalized identity I, I'm a lesbian so I hold that LGBTQ uh, identity um, but that's not where my passion lied to, to be an LGBTQ AI advocate um, that passion was directed elsewhere so it's it's hard to actually pinpoint what that personal journey has been, but I've always been um, a helper. Episode 16, Polyvagal Theory with Amy Sullivan. Talk to my guest um, and me a little bit about polyvagal theory and how that works, especially now during a pandemic. Sure, sure. So the polyvagal theory was um, brought into the world by Stephen Porges, who is a... Um, He's a doctor. He's a re- I think he refers to himself as a research scientist. He's on staff at the University of uh, North Carolina in Chapel Hill and at Indiana University. Um, and I believe he runs the Kinsey Institute, which is a part of IU and studies trauma. And um, yeah, so the polyvagal theory tells us that in mammals and human beings are mammals, our vagus nerve is um, created differently so that not only do we have this fight, flight, or freeze response to danger, we also have the ability to do something I refer to as flock, which is to look to other people to create a sense of safety. It's important to understand that the vagus nerve is sort of our, um, the part of our nervous system that is constantly on guard, constantly assessing for safety or danger, not only physically, but emotionally as well. And that's the part that is really important for us to understand, because I don't think that people realize that our autonomic nervous system, and that's the vagus nerve is a part of our autonomic nervous system, that it gets fired up when we feel emotionally unsafe, much like if we are feeling unsafe because suddenly there's a snake in the house or something. It's the same system firing in our body. Episode 19, The Second Wound with Miranda Pacchiana. When something bad happens to us, um, and specifically sexual abuse or sexual assault, that is um, that is the event. Mm-hmm. But that's not once that event ends. That is not the full picture. Um, being able to so I I understand this intellectually. I understood what I'm about to say intellectually, but there have been some recent events in my life and in um, introspection and looking back and I'm, I'm writing now more about my life Wonderful. and preparing to put this all together in book form. Wow. And as I'm doing this process, I fully understood in my body what I have always known in my mind. And I want to help people understand that trauma is not the event. Trauma is the worldviews, the belief systems, and the behaviors that develop because of the event. That's right. And live in our bodies. 
It is that internal experience that is trauma. And I think we miss the mark so often as professionals, as friends, as society, as a culture, when we only focus on the event. 9-11 wasn't the trauma. It was how the entire nation changed Mm -hmm. as a result of those airplanes hitting buildings, you know? And so when I hear the second wound, um, and as you describe it and the work you do with it, it is so needed and important because we are hardwired to connect as human beings. Mm -hmm. And when we go to what should be our safest places, which is our family. Exactly. We are expecting connection and help and healing and And protection. protection. Which is what (laughs) we didn't get usually in the first place. Yep. And when we not only don't get those things, but on top of that are all the other experiences you named, it, it's devastating. Um, it is. And it's it's devastating also because it's a type of re-victimization that gets right to the heart of the, uh, the original trauma itself. So there are echoes of overpowering, of silencing, mm-hmm. and those the lack of protection those things are at the heart of what's so painful about sexual abuse and assault. And to have that played out again with no foreseeable endpoint is really an enormous struggle. And I'm, I'm really driven to draw attention to it because the more I do, the more I hear from people that this is part of their lives and they don't know where to go with it. Episode 23rd, Relationships with David Fairbanks. We could look back at our relationship and say, no, there was work that I did here. Um, There was work that you did here. Um, And ultimately, that was a a purity that was created with that that friendship and that relationship. That makes it, if you want to say, worth salvaging. Like, it wasn't really anything to salvage. It was just that space and time, that ebb and flow that we went through. And as we came through on the other side... Everything reconnected just as seamlessly as you might press play for a movie to work. So so how did we get reconnected? So we went through this period. We each had our own things going on Mm -hmm. and we each actively went into the space of doing our healing work. Mm -hmm. So how how did we get reconnected? We just started talking again. Like, I think I think it was a space where, like, when you do that work and you get some clarity, there's some space that's recreated. You know, for you to be able to reestablish, we could talk about reestablishing boundaries, which should be an important part of a relationship Mm -hmm. um, to where obviously you were in a different space in your life. I was in a different space in my life, but there was real history there with that, excuse me, with that relationship to where we had always been supportive of each other. So then you check back in with a little bit more space there and it's like, oh, you're doing your, you're doing the business. That's what's up. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I ended up. You had started doing your business stuff a little bit before I made the big leap with mine, and it was like, wow, that's cool. Like, she she figured out her spot and how she wanted to extend the work that we always wanted to do. Because that that was a part of the depth in the relationship too. Like, you get to know people. Like, you know what it is that they really want to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So I appreciate it being able to look at you down the line and be like oh we started at st joe's now she's doing her own thing she went back 
she's become a licensed therapist. She has her own practice. Like, that's cool. And then that was around the time when I was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we start to reconnect over that. And then, yes, the, the friendship stuff that was always there, like, you just press play on that because that was a that was something that was real. You know what I mean? I love your version. Mine is slightly different. It is? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it's not. Okay, I don't want to say different. Like, I no, I, I love hearing it come through your lens. Episode 25, Finding Your Labor of Love with Leon Starks. We all need to look at our lives when we are looking, particularly if we're looking at someone else. Maybe we need to look at our lives, ask ourselves, what are we good at? And not necessarily try to pursue something that someone else is gifted at and we not be equipped to go where they are. Uh, that, that's that's very serious. And I think that the more that we have the conversation with ourselves, the more that we try to become in tuned with ourselves in terms of what is our gift, what does this do? How, how does it play out in terms of a labor of love? The more we ask ourselves the serious questions and then take a step in pursuing them, the happier we'll be. Agreed. <laughs> no. And so I, I do. I appreciate this conversation um, because I think it brings a realness and a very um, operational, applicable perspective to labor of love. I have a lot of guests who have different labors of love and I always love for them to tell how did you get to this point? Um, This is not the case for everyone for sure. Um, But for a lot of people, me included, is coming out with coming to this point of labor of love. I've had to go back through some of the very painful traumatic and unfortunate, challenging, all those words, experiences I've had and make meaning of those experiences. Part of healing is meaning making. And when we're not careful or intentional, we we will make meaning anyway. Meaning making is part of the kind of lived experience. But sometimes the meaning we make of the experiences we've been through is through someone else's eyes, is through someone else's filter, or it continues to perpetuate a a negative narrative um, that has been given to us. But I also think that how you get to your labor of love is by really intentionally re-examining those experiences. Episode 30, Perfect Match with Dr. Bailey Bryant. That's what makes therapy so powerful is it's, if it's done well, it's one of those places where you are totally safe you are not going to be judged and your therapist is going to hold unconditional positive regard for you regardless of all of the messed up stuff you might have done or said or thought or have urges to do and that is almost non-existent outside of therapy it is we're unicorns people come see <laughs> us no it's true i will say here is 60 minutes of your week where you don't have to pretend mhm take a break Like, just relax, be authentically you. And the goal here is while you're being authentically you and you're experiencing someone seeing you authentically and and still accepting you and holding love and positive regard for you, notice what that feels like in your body. Notice how that feels. Now you can start to know what that feels like. So if you come across someone else and you start to get that same feeling, 
that may point you in the direction of like, oh, oh, this kind of relationship is different. It's a practicing ground. Practice the skill here of just being, and then you can build the muscle so that you can do it out there. And it is, it is huge. And in my own personal therapy journey, that was huge. I, I showed up, it took a while because, you know, I was still performing for my therapist for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I was performing because I, I had to be the perfect client. <laughs> and when people are able to call that out, man, and, and just say, just be you, it is amazing. Episode 35, For the Love of Money with Liz Kitchell. We have a lot to learn as people from each other um, because you've got this individual are my needs being met? And then we also have the community. Are the people's needs being met as a whole? So I love the movements that we're seeing of the me to we across um, many different areas for social justice, for many, for everything, right? And when I look at abundance, me personally, when I feel abundant is when I know I can lift others and I can be there for others. So this is fresh in my head with regards to research. It has shown that when women feel abundant, they will give, invest, support with energy, time, and money other women businesses. So when women entrepreneurs and women um, feel abundant, they will go and invest in other women or other organizations or other everything. Um, I personally believe that you give along the way. And then when you get to a sense that you can give without regards to how much you're giving, that's when it feels really abundant for me. And I think abundance is something that everybody has to define for themselves, what that looks like. I worked in the financial industry for 25 years. I've known people with millions of dollars that don't feel abundant. And I know people with $50,000 in their name that feel extremely abundant. It's a feeling. And it's a feeling of are all of your needs being met? Creativity, safety, physical needs, meaning, connection, those things. I love Dr. Marshall Rosenberg's feelings of connections um, or feelings to, to say and needs to say if my needs are being met. But it's not just the basic needs, it's above and beyond. Am I in a plethora of resources that I can give my time, my energy, and my money to other things that I believe in to create possibilities for other people? Why don't you round us out by giving us a fun, interesting, or little known <laughs> fact about you? I feel like I say this on every every like fun fact thing but i'm obsessed with reality tv <laughs> which is like could not necessarily be the best for my brain but i just <laughs> love it and i'm kind of obsessed with it and my favorite show is jersey shore so a little bit of an oldie and i pride myself on having 75 percent of all of this the series memorized what? Wait, I thought she was going to say downloaded or even maybe accented, but memorized? I watch it a lot. <laughs> I'm a little bit obsessive, so it's on brand for me. Okay. Well, man, let me tell you, 
interesting fact <laughs> indeed. I love rummage shopping. People are like, man, oh, you know, your, your styles and your clothes you're wearing. Just when I go, you know, do big, like, events. They don't know, man. I bought that suit from the Goodwill. Okay. But I'm a seamstress. So I know how to make stuff work, you know, so. Okay. There you go. What you got for us? <laughs> okay, I have my studies that it's an official year now in Kung Fu training. <laughs> so <laughs> when I went to London, I studied at like the Shaolin Kung Fu Temple. And then when I came back, I just got like my, my yellow sash and Wing Chun Kung Fu. And I'll be continuing when I go to Cornell. So <laughs> I really like it. I like um, just different forms of martial arts. I'm going to try Jiu-Jitsu when I leave. So I hope you all really enjoyed those snippets. We had some moments that make you laugh. We had some moments that really make you think. And I've had some moments that have made me cry. So again, if you haven't, go back and take a listen to some of those episodes you may have missed. Uh, Tell your friends. Share with them the Labors of Love podcast. If you have suggestions for content or guests, feel free to reach out to us at www.thelaborsoflove.com. We're on all the major social media outlets. Don't forget our YouTube channel where every Thursday we put out a Therapy Thursday video. And give us that five-star rating for the podcast. Give us a review and don't forget to share it with your friends. Until we connect again, you all be well.